Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 92 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 152 of Wrestletopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW continues. And last night was AW Dynamite going down live from the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas. And this was the holiday bash edition of Dynamite. It was a very fun show. I'm going to briefly run through the highs and lows due to time constraints but I thought this was a very good episode of Dynamite which kicked off with absolute Ricky Starks in the ring talking about how he almost beat MGF for the AEW World Championship if it was not for a low blow courtesy of Maxwell Jacob Freeman but Ricky Starks lost like a man got up with dignity meanwhile Maxwell was a coward finding the easy way out to win but Ricky says this isn't our last time dancing together there will be a day when I will beat you for that championship and I will be champion at long last. And he vows to work his way from the bottom to make his way back to the top of the contender heap, which I greatly appreciate. And then we get Chris Jericho alongside Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia coming out. And Jericho tells Ricky Starks that you are not a dollar store anything. You are absolute Ricky Starks. You are one in a million. And I like your talent. And one day you will be champion, but your time isn't right now. But I see something in you. In fact, we see something in you. And I think you will be a valuable member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Ricky Starks laughs at this, telling Jericho, listen, I've admired your career. You have the uncanny ability to adapt to any situation. And that should be respected. Hell, six months ago, you were built like an air fryer. But look at you now. You're mean, lean, and you're dressed like a single father going on his fifth divorce. Goals, people. Look at Garcia and Guevara. They're jazz holes. In fact, your entire organization should be called jobbers after you lost to a jobber last week in Action Andretti. And Ricky Starks was cooking Jericho and company alive. And I got my life. The air fryer line got me good. And Ricky Starks declines the invitation to be a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. But in doing so, Jake Hager attacks Ricky Starks from behind. He is beat down by Jericho, Garcia, Guevara, and Hager until Action Andretti makes save to a hero's welcome he lays out Garcia and Guevara and eventually he wipes out Jericho with a split-legged moonsault off the top rope and the fans are popping for Andretti and Starks to wrap up the opening segment of Dynamite this was a lot of fun Ricky Starks is amazing in every way charismatic so good in the ring and excellent on the microphone and giving it to Chris Jericho in the best possible way dissing Guevara for simply existing and telling Garcia hey dude you lost your championship at final battle things have not gone so well for you being a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, so why would I want to be a part of this lame-ass crew, which I greatly appreciated, but most importantly, the shine was back on Action Andretti after beating Jericho last week in one of the biggest upsets in professional wrestling history, and I'm glad that AEW is leaning into this momentum for Andretti. He could be a star of the highest order if given a fair chance on Wednesday nights moving forward. Otherwise, hot way to kick off Dynamite as we move on to Match 5 of the Best of 7 Series for the AEW World Trios Championship championship involving the elite versus death triangle another great match and a catalog of matches that has spanned the last month or so across pay-per-view and AEW television and the story of this match was it was no disqualification anything goes and the hammers came into play 
for Death Triangle in the clutch. But I loved the attempt of the elite trying to deliver a triple power bomb to Death Triangle. But Death Triangle counters with some kicks, which leads to some dives on the outside to all three members of the elite. And a great story element of this match was Nick Jackson selling the ankle from last week. He was going up top, doing dives, but he was favoring the ankle the entire time, working as a one-legged man at one point, which I greatly appreciated. But the action was simply smart. It was breathtaking. The fans were hot. We had some interference from Brandon Cutler and Alex Abrahantis, which was hilarious as the elf Brandon Cutler takes out Alex with the cold spray to the face, which I laughed at. But eventually the action does come back down to the elite and death triangle as Matt Jackson lives an X Factor two pack, followed by Moonsault to Ray Phoenix, but he gets caught with a sling blade on the outside by Penta L0M as we go to a picture in picture commercial break. We come back and Ray Phoenix and Pack are setting up tables on the outside. Penta is going to bring a Christmas tree in the ring as well and launch the Elite in two, and Nick is going to fight back with the high cross body over the Christmas tree and deliver super kicks with Pack is going to super kick the bat ankle and to the corner where a chair was set up. Pack attempts to pilmonize Nick's ankle until Omega is going to chuck a trash can at him and Matt lands a moonsault on the outside to Ray Phoenix and Pintel Zero M. Meanwhile, Kenny Omega is going to grab a trash can and land You Can't Escape on Pack off the top rope for a very close near fall. He introduces a barbed wire broom from underneath the ring and hit Ray Phoenix repeatedly with it before landing the Katara Crusher for a very close near fall. This barbed wire broom comes into play later in this match as the Young Bucks take out Penta and Pac with simultaneous leg drops and sentons through the tables on the outside. Meanwhile, Kenny Omega is along with Phoenix and he lands the Tiger Driver 98 on the barbed wire broom for a near fall, but the cover was delayed because Kenny got caught up in the barbed wire. The barbed wire decided to turn heel during this matchup and caused a little bit of trouble, but Kenny does go for the cover. It's a kick out by Ray Phoenix and that leads to the elite trying to land the triple BT trigger on Phoenix, but Alex Abrahantis breaks things up at the last possible moment. And from there, Ray Phoenix is going to get dropped with a V-trigger out of nowhere and Omega goes for the one-winged angel. Ray Phoenix counters out with a roll-up attempt via her Karana for a very close near fall. The hammer gets introduced into this match once again and Phoenix, who is trying to sell remorse, has none as he whacks Kenny Omega in the head with the hammer, but Kenny kicks out and the fans are popping as they cannot believe this guy's resolve not to quit in match five of an elimination match at this point for the trios championship. So Ray Phoenix and Pac are going to lock Nick Jackson and Kenny Omega in a brutalizer heel hook side by side. And Kenny Omega is getting choked out with some tinsel and Nick Jackson's bat ankle is being targeted by Ray Phoenix. Eventually Matt Jackson gets in the ring to break up both submission attempts and from there this match picks up even more steam as we got hammers all around for Death Triangle trying to whack Kenny Omega but the Bucks are going to stop them in the nick of time as the end of this match comes with the Young Bucks landing the Melissa Driver onto Ray Phoenix on a chair for the one two, three. Very exhilarating way to end the match. Unfortunately for the Elite, Death Triangle beats them down once the match is over to send a message ahead of their Falls Cut Anywhere match next week on Dynamite to wrap up 2022. Very fun matchup. Great psychology of Matt limping on the top rope to land the Melissa Driver to sell the injury from last week in a big way. And when it comes to injuries, the Bucks sell really well. I remember Matt Jackson selling his back for years and that weight belt was an indicator of how much pain he was in, but he still told a great story 
victory between the ropes, and you can see that with Nick as well last night selling that ankle throughout this matchup. Great victory for the Elite as the series is now 3 2 still elimination style, heading into next week's Falls Count into a match to wrap up Dynamite for the year 2022. Next up is Renee Paquette interviewing Brian Danielson in the ring regarding his beef with MJF and also wanting to talk about how he broke into the wrestling industry well over 20 years ago by cutting his teeth in San Antonio, Texas, being trained by Shawn Michaels, who gets a nice HBK chant from the crowd. But the guy that trained Danielson to teach him everything he knows about wrestling and life is none other than William Regal. And the fans are very mixed about this because he turned heel at full gear and now he's going back to WWE and they kind of feel some way about it. But Danielson has a great little respect and love for Regal who's always been there for him at various stages of his life. And he goes to Regal being knocked out with the brass knucks a few weeks ago on Dynamite and MGF having no remorse for what he did. And Danielson vows to make MGF pay sometime very soon, preferably for the AEW World Championship. Then we get eager Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway coming out. And Ego does not want Danielson to jump the line to score another title shot over him as he was the final two of the elimination tournament at four gear he was the final two in the dynamite diamond battle royale a few weeks ago as well so he is owed a shot over Danielson and he calls him a vegetable man and Danielson calls out Soakley for having a bald shiny head and in the line of the night besides a very uncensored moment on Dynamite and the air fire line by Ricky Starks Soakley Hathaway calls Brian Danielson the American dragon a raggedy bitch twice and I cried laughing that line delivery and the absolute bitterness coming from stokes mouth was fantastic and page wants to match with danielson but not this week on dynamite but coming to us very very soon which i cannot wait as they will face each other next Wednesday in Denver, Colorado to wrap up Dynamite for the year 2022. And meanwhile, Max was watching all of this backstage and is not going to come out to speak his piece, surprisingly enough, to wrap up this very entertaining segment between Danielson, Silkley Hathaway, and Ego Ethan Page. Next up is Hook going through Exodus Prime quickly with strikes over at Suplexes and the Flying Lariat into the Red Rum for the submission victory. But it's all about the post-match. And I love Hook, but his nonchalantness, if that's a word, gets under my skin a little bit because he's watching on the big screen, Soakley Hathaway directing traffic as Lee Moriarty and Big Bill are beating down Jungle Boy backstage. And Big Bill chokeslams Jungle Boy Jack Perry in a dumpster. And... Hook sees this and he runs his fingers through his hair and he's like, I'm going to get there when I get there. Like, dude, last week you were there for Jungle Boy. This week you're like, I'll get there when I get there. No, be a bit better. Be a bit more strong in making the save for your guy in all situations, both big and small. But I do love the prospect of Jungle Boy and Hook teaming up and whooping ass in 2023 as the most gorgeous tag team not named Pretty Deadly in professional wrestling today. Next up was John Moxley versus Darius Martin from Top Flight. This match was good, even though the outcome was never in doubt with Darius taking the L, but he does fight back against Moxley, who slaps him early on. Dante is watching on from ringside as Darius sends Mox on the outside. Mox recovers and lands a snap suplex on the concrete floor. He taunts Darius and Dante at ringside until Dante comes with a tope that wipes out Mox as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Darius is trying to fight back, but it's 
hard, but he does land a floating brain buster and a springboard flatliner on Moxley for a near fall. But as he goes for a crossbody off the top rope, Mox is going to roll through into a brutal series of stumps and elbows and anvil elbows at that and kicking Darius Martin's fucking head in, locks in the bulldog choke, but Darius fights out of that, which causes Moxley to finish him with a death rider for the win a short time later. A fun matchup, even though the outcome was never in doubt, with Moxley scoring a win on behalf of the Blackpool Combat Club. Next up is the Gun Club versus FTR in a non-title match, as FTR is now down one tag team title. There's still the IWGP. New Japan Tag Team Champions and they stir up the AAA with the AAA Tag Team titles as well. The match, to be fair, existed. Austin and Colton Gunn are entertaining in their own way, but as wrestlers, they're not as compelling unless they use their dad's offense as a way to get heel heat. But this match was all about FTR's losing streak, and it dates back to TV a few weeks ago when they could not beat the acclaimed for the AEW World Tag Team titles. And then they lose to the Briscoes in final battle in that double dog calling match. And then last night, we asked Shane to be courtesy of Austin Colton Gunn as we have Coach and Sin poor Cash Wheeler into the railing after a dive goes wrong. We have Dax fighting and fending off the sharpshooter attempt by Austin Gunn, but... The effects of the dog collar match get to Dax as his leg gives out and that allows Austin Gunn to roll up Dax Harwood by grabbing his brother's hand for leverage to score the very tainted victory that shocked everyone because FTR is on the skid, which will probably continue at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom next week. And they could be down to one title when it's all said and done, the AAA Tag Team titles. And that's saying a lot because they were belted up all year long and they're dwindling in terms of the hardware. Hopefully they rebound from this and it's not a sign of things to come regarding their booking heading into the new year because this matchup was fine but it was not FTR great which we've gotten a lot from this tag team this year in singles matches and multiple tags on pay-per-view anywhere anyhow FTR delivers every single time even though this match was so-so last night next up is Rick Ross causing trouble calling Keith Lee a big motherfucker very Brock Lesnar of him from the Warrior Rumble nearly three years ago that was a moment last night was so as well as Keith Lee's ready to confront Swerve Strickland but Swerve is setting a trap for Keith Lee by way of Rick Ross and we have this new crew known as mogul affiliates in the form of Parker Bordeaux and some dude with a lot of face tats and I cannot explain any of this they try to lay out Keith Lee Keith Lee Kind of know so the chair shots and the attack by both men, but they do wear him down and they play cinder blocks on his chest on the still steps and Swerve stomps the cinder blocks into the chest of Keith Lee to gain some semblance of heat. But I don't care about this mogul affiliate thing with Parker and whoever the dude is with a bunch of tattoos. That's where I'm at right now. And I love Rick Ross, but even he couldn't really give me a reason to care about this faction because the presentation kind of sucked. Parker was a part of the Trust Busters months ago, and now he's back on Dynamite aligning himself with Swerve. I know he's a hip hop head. We'll see how it goes in the ring. Tatted up dude. Don't know him very well. I wish him the very best with this crew, but the execution was kind of so-so last night, despite Rick Ross being in his element taking up TV time and making the most of it by using really, really bad words and not getting censored by TBS for whatever reason. And now it is time for our main event featuring our Karashita versus Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's World Championship. And what a match this was in the main event spot. The fans were going absolutely crazy during the closing stretch 
of this bout. Hakura Shida is amazing in every way. She will still go down as my favorite AEW Women's World Champion ever as she helped Mox carry this company through a pandemic a couple of years ago. She was a bright, shining, beautiful light and she reminded the world how great she is last night via this matchup and Jamie Hayter is equally as good as this was a battle of both ladies laying their shit in with strikes and kicks and knee strikes and big boots and suplexes on the floor and in the corner and a charging knee strike by Sheeta. The Rock's haters will go to commercial break. We come back and Sheeta is being worked over by Hater who lands a suplex in the corner and a charging boot for good measure against the railing. We're back in the ring and they're chading strikes until both ladies collide with a double clothesline spot. From there, Sheeta is going to fight back with corner punches and a drop kick off the second rope. Hater's going to roll to the apron and try to suplex Sheeta back inside but that backfires when Hater lands a snapmare off the turnbuckle into the apron Sheeta is going to land very hard, but in doing so, Sheeta is going to fight back with a suplex on the floor. As we go to our last picture and picture commercial break, we come back and both ladies are just laying their shit in for on battle and the fans are loving it. And Sheeta lands in Suguri on Hater for two, followed by a Meteora off the top rope and a Falcon Arrow for good measure as well. Sheeta tries to suplex off the top rope, but Hater is going to drop her face first onto the mat and goes up top for a Moonsaw press, but she misses and Sheeta lands the Tamashi and goes with a Katana knee, but Hater is going to fall to the mat at the last minute. And that allows Hater to land a Fireman's Carry Neckbreaker into a sliding Lariat for two. From there, we have some interference courtesy of Dr. Bear Baker, DMD, who gets in the ring trying to whack Sheeta with her own kendo stick, but Sheeta does the whacking by laying out Britt Baker and Rebel, and Hater is going to eat a kick in the corner, and from there, we have Hater going for a power bomb. Sheeta rolls through, and Hater is going to reestablish herself. Hold on to that power bomb and gets a near fall on Sheeta. Sheeta kicks out. The fans are popping even more as Hater goes for a lariat and Sheeta kicks out again. And it's just a whipcord lariat on Sheeta to win this match to retain the AEW Women's World Championship. This was fantastic and one of the better AEW Women's Championship matches this year in front of a crowd that gave a shit in the main event spot because Sheeta's great and so is Jamie Hayter and that's a very encouraging sign for Hayter's title reign to have a match like this close the show and is heated and the fans care and it's great. That speaks to what the division can be heading into 2023. After the match is over, we have the heels going after Sheeta until Tony Storm makes a save and then Soraya makes a save to wrap up the show. And I really enjoyed this matchup between Hater and Sheeta. So good. And the crowd cared. And that is progress. Hopefully there's more trust to have the ladies close more shows heading into the brand new year. All in all, the Holiday Bash edition of Dynamite was a lot of fun. Good matches up and down the card. Incredible promos from Ricky Starks and Stokely Hathaway. Raggedy bitch is rent free in my head for the rest of this week. Gotta love it. And I gotta remark one thing about poor action Andretti. He paid for beating Jericho as Jericho threw a fireball in his face. And that fireball got all of Andretti's face. Let's just say I saw the replay. I saw the freeze fame photos on Twitter. He got licked. Real good. Love the visual, but he'll get Jericho back in due time as we are ready for the end of the year next week in Denver, Colorado, as we put a bow on 2022 and ring in the new year and celebrate AEW turning four. Yeah, four. Time flies. And it's been quite the year for AEW, full of highs and lows. Here's hoping they get back on track in terms of consistency and stability 
as it's money year in terms of television rights fees for Dynamite and Rampage. Just hoping they get the bags next year. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 92 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and or Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop in the semi daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT, along with the Sprina Sessions dropping every Monday morning as a lovely recap space for all things. Spencer and Trina on GH. You know what to do to dress Topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 60 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.